0: Several years ago, Rachel and I took a trip to the Zion Canyon with some friends of ours, and we started up on the ridge, and then we were hiking and descending down into the valley on the desert, basically, in, in southern Utah, and it was about halfway through the first day that we realized much of the water that we had intended to bring wasn't actually with us, but rather in the car, which is uphill, and so we we ration our water out and we're getting towards the end of day 1 we don't even cook supper because we don't want any water to go towards supper we just we're down to precious ounces to make it through the desert southern utah down into the valley on the next to the end of the next day and all that you think about is water all that you talk about is your lack of water all that you want and all that you desire is water. And finally we we make it down. We're dizzy. Judah's six weeks old. Rachel is drug on this trip basically, Ra- carrying Judah who's six weeks old. Can't nurse him anymore because we have again no water. I I was reminded of that perhaps. And we get down and we get there and there is this spigot of beautiful flowing water and we're just drowning ourselves, and there comes this tour bus loaded with people in their air-conditioned bus, and they're just staring at us in amazement at these basically wild wildebeest descending down the hill and getting their water that they've been longing for. And it's all that we wanted was water. That's all we talked about. Again, as we Look at our text, we'll see all you need is this thing, this one thing. So, with that in mind, if you could please stand with me for the reading of God's Word out of reverence for God's Word. We're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 9. Matthew, chapter 9. We're going to be in verses 18 all the way down to 26, verses 18 through 26. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before them, saying, My daughter has just died, but come, lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up and, and behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house, he saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion. He said, go away for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went throughout all that district. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you again, and we ask that you would reveal yourself to us in your word, God, that this would not just be a, another Sunday where we run through this exercise of, of worship and preaching and, and worshiping you, God, but that it would be a time when you reveal yourself to us, God. Would you convict us of our sin, that we might run to you and Throw ourselves at your feet, begging for mercy, begging, begging for grace. God, could you work that in our hearts this very morning? Amen. The main idea that we're going to be driving home, perhaps you've already caught on to it, is all that you have is in Christ. All that you have is in christ first we're going to be looking how how this ruler jairus and how he has hope in christ his daughter is dead yet he has hope what does he have he has hope in christ that's verses 18 and 19 verses 20 through 22 we're going to be seeing how this woman has healing not in the physicians of the world But no, where does she have healing? She has healing in Christ. And then finally, in verses 23 through 26, we're going to be looking and seeing how we have life. True life in Christ. So all that you have, my friends, all that you have is in Christ. You have hope in Christ. You have healing. We're going to be looking at this healing. Healing in Christ. And finally, you have life. True life, eternal life in Christ. Let's get started. Verses 18 and 19. Let's go back to the text here. While he was saying these things to them, behold, the ruler came in and knelt before them, saying, My daughter has just died. But come, lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose And followed him with his disciples. And there is nothing in the world that will bring a parent to the point of despair. Like a death of a child. Everything that you think to be true is thrown out the window. Everything that you've trusted and tried to hold on to is no longer there for you to grasp. And here is Jairus, this ruler, coming to Christ, finding hope in Christ. Let's step back a little bit and look at Matthew and see where Matthew has been taking us. At the end of chapter 7, Christ comes down from the mountain as Moses comes down from the mountain in the middle of Exodus. Jesus comes down from the mountain and what does he do? He encounters some lepers and he heals them. John the Baptist in the beginning of Matthew has been preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus Christ's first words of his ministry are, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, what does this look like? What does the kingdom of heaven look like? Ah, it looks like lepers being healed. It looks like a Gentile, a Gentile centurion coming to Christ because this wants his servant healed. And the servant is healed. Looks like Peter's mother-in-law, a woman, being healed. And you get to see that the kingdom of heaven is rolling back the curse that we've seen, this curse of disease and destruction and despair that's been here ever since Genesis 3. And it's rolling it back, one healing, one miracle at a time. And here he comes, So it's not just this random collection of stories that Matthew's been putting together. But no, he is showing us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here. And this is what it looks like. So Jairus, he he comes. And we know from Luke and Mark as well, this... Lady, this girl who passed away—it was not just one of many daughters; it was his only daughter, and she was 12 years old. Jewish tradition, just right on the cusp of coming to being a woman, and all of the dreams that Jairus had for her, and all the the hopes that he had for her, passed away in that room on that day. And undoubtedly, Jairus had seen Jesus before in the synagogue. Jairus, is this ruler, is the ruler of the synagogue. He had seen Jesus there. They invited him to come and teach. He reads through the the law and the prophets and the writings, and he's teaching as though he is the word himself, incarnation. And he, a Capernaum, a town of 1,200, 1,500 people, you know he's hearing. Jairus is hearing about the, the miracles, the of the lepers being healed, of the centurion's servant being healed. So in this darkness of Jairus, there is hope. There is hope. All hope had been lost outside of one thing, and that is in Christ. In Christ, Jairus is able to come, and he has hope. So the ruler of the synagogue comes to the king of the kingdom of heaven. And notice how he approaches him. He, he comes and he kneels down before him. He bows down before him. The same word he would use to describe worship. And Jairus himself is showing and clearly recognizing the higher rank of this king of all kings. And he comes to this king, Jesus, in his court. Not in, a, not in a palacious estate. No, no, no. Just among the people. He comes to the king in his court and he makes this desperate plea. My daughter has just died. But, but, come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And such a request would be audacious had it been made of any other man. Unless this man has the ability to give life and to take it away. Unless, as we see in John 1 that Curtis read from in him was life and this life was the light of men. Unless this man, Jesus Christ, is able to conquer death. And that is why there is hope in Christ. My daughter has just died, but come, lay your hand on her, and she will live. What is your hope to get from this death into life? It's in Christ and in Christ alone that you have it. So it is with us as well. When the darkness comes, descends upon you and your your depression, your, your, your children that you've shared the Gospel with hundreds and hundreds of times, not on, only walking in rebellion against you, but walking in rebellion against their Creator. Or there's hope for your marriage as well in one thing. That is Christ. And Christ alone. Who else are you going to turn to? You're going to turn to the wisdom of men that die? You're going to turn to men and their wisdom where they can't even conquer their own sin? No, you turn to Christ and to Christ alone. That's why as a church we seek to exalt Christ in everything that we do. Curtis in the worship, we seek to exalt Christ. Our preaching seeks to exalt Christ. Community groups fashioned together in such a way that Christ is exalted. Christ alone is exalted. In Christ, there is abundant riches. So all that you are is in Christ, and all that you have is in Christ. Look at Ephesians 1. God the Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Him, in Christ. You have been chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. In love you have been predestined to be sons of God through Christ. It is in Him, verse 7, that we have redemption through His blood. What is that? The forgiveness of sins. It is in Him, in Christ, that you have obtained an inheritance. In Galatians 2, 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You have been crucified with Christ. Romans 6, 8. Now if I have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So we have been crucified with Christ. We have died with Christ. Back to Ephesians chapter 2. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we have been made alive together with Christ. We have been raised back up to the Father. Our ascension back to the Father is in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 For our sake He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in Him In him, in Christ, we might have the righteousness of God. Do you not see that all that you have is in Christ? In him, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. In Christ, you have been chosen before the foundation of the world. In him, you have been adopted as sons of God. In him, in Christ, you have redemption. In Christ, you have obtained an inheritance. Not only Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, but your death burial, resurrection, and ascension back to the Father is in Christ. Your righteousness is in Christ. And when you are holding your daughter who is passing away in your arms as I have your hope hope is in Christ. Step back a little bit. This is where we're going. The main trajectory, main idea that I want you to cherish over this week is that all that you have is in Christ. We've seen this with with Jairus and, and his daughter who has passed away. His hope is in Christ. And now we're going to look and see how this, this story takes a, a dramatic turn as Christ is, is on this way from Matthew's house to this Jairus' house. Let's go back to the text, verses 20 down to 22. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, For she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. So here is Christ on on his way from this house to feasting with the tax collectors, with the sinners. You know what that means. It's a euphemism. He's at this house of feasting with Christ. And he's on his way to mourning, this house of mourning, where Jairus' daughter, the ruler's daughter, has just passed away. And along the way, there is this woman who approaches the crowd. And it's it's unprecedented in and of itself because This woman, because of her discharge of blood, because of her condition, she is, read the end of Leviticus 15, she is unclean. Levitically, unclean. Socially, unclean. And then you read also in Numbers 19, 22, and it says, that whatever the unclean person touches shall be unclean, and whoever touches it shall be unclean until evening. So if she comes along and touches this, This is unclean. If someone else comes along and touches this, they themselves are unclean. So it's easy to see why this woman would be living living in leprous isolation. Whomever she loves, she loves you. She stays away. Watching the children play from a distance. Her family, you stay away. Don't even think about going to the temple and the synagogue and, and Galilee and Capernaum. Stay away. Stay away. Let the righteous people do what they want to do. You don't want to, you don't want to infect them with your uncleanliness. So it's no wonder as you read this same account in Mark and then also in Luke, it's no wonder that she spent all that she had seeking the help of physicians to, to find some healing. But her condition just keeps getting worse and worse. But she hears she hears of this rabbi who's been healing lepers, unclean lepers and, and servants. And, and she thinks to herself, maybe he can heal me as well. And Jairus, the, the ruler, notice how he comes up. He comes up to the front of her. But this lady, she comes up to the back. She comes up behind him. She sneaks up, but determined and undaunted, she presses into Christ. And the disciples, they don't admonish her and keep her away as they do some other people, the children, for example. Keep in mind, these crowds are so tight that we see in Luke 8 that even... Christ's mother and his brothers weren't able to get to him because the crowds were so much and packed so tight. Yet here is this woman thinking, I can find some healing if only I can come and touch his garment. And when you see what she's seeking, you'll know why she's willing to cast everything aside just to grab on to hold of him. She wanted to be made well, it says here. If only I touch his garment, I will be made well. And the idea here is not just physical healing. The idea here is so much more. It's to be saved. That's why she's willing to throw everything aside. That's why she's pressing through the crowds as much as she can just to grab on the garment. She just doesn't want to be healed. No, no, she wants to be saved. Look in the beginning of chapter nine, you see that the paralytic called this physical healing and salvation are are intertwined. Christ shows that He is has dominion over the spiritual realm by showing His dominion over the physical realm. Your sins are forgiven. What do you mean? My sins are forgiven. I want. I'm a paralytic. I don't care about my sins. I want to walk. No, no, no. Your sins are forgiven. Okay. Who has the authority to do that? Well, the same guy who says, take up your mat and walk home. Same thing we see here. She does not, doesn't want to just be saved. No, 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 no. Or She doesn't want to just be healed. no, no. She wants to be saved. So she comes, weaves through the crowd, doesn't want to be seen, but she's undaunted, and she wants to get there and get to Christ. And Jesus, knowing some of the power has gone out of him, after she grabs a hold of his tassel, he looks at her. The woman who wanted to remain in isolation, he turns. The crowd stops. He looks at her, and he says, Take heart, daughter. How long until she had heard a, a term of affection like that? A woman living in isolation, desperate and in poverty. Take heart. Daughter, your faith has made you well. And what a blessing of God that for 12 years she had not been healed by the physicians. Had she been healed by the physicians, she might have had this surface level healing and she would not have sought after Christ. Desperate, pushing through the crowds, grabbing a hold of his tassel. You see it, she's coming up behind grabs a hold of his tassel as he's passing by, just with her last bit of strength, grabbing a hold of Christ. Had she been healed by the physicians, there would have been nothing, no driving brokenness, impelling her towards Christ. So when you look at your own life, it's, You have illness and you have disease. You are tempted to take the advice of Job's wife, as you see in chapter 2, to curse God and die. But this is the beauty. This is the beauty of our weakness and our infirmity, our failures and our doubts, our isolation and our shame, is that these temporary things bring us to the eternal joy that is found in Christ and in Christ alone. Imagine the eternal joy that this woman now has because of 12 years of this condition. Had she not had that to drive her towards Christ, she would have been fine staying home and just hearing stories. There would have been nothing driving her to just grab his garment. So here you are, you're socially isolated as her, everybody else in the world who's over 22 everybody in the world is married except you right that's that's how you think and everybody who's married obviously they have children right and so i'm i do not and so how do you fit in I'm, I'm i'm over 22 and i'm the only person in the world who's not married and obviously i'm the only person in the world over 22 who doesn't have children how do i fit in or your, in your illness, it's easy to become bitter against God. And you know that God has the power and the sovereignty and the love. He has all of that to heal you, but, but He isn't. I challenge you in these moments, when you think that it is never as it should be, to rest. Simply to rest. And know that God is graciously bringing these things into your life so that you too will press through the crowd, so that you too will be thinking, if only I can grab a hold of his garment. Not just so that you will be healed, but that's so you'll press into Christ that you might be saved. And look again how this happens. Take heart, daughter, your faith, your faith has made you well. So sure, this woman is coming and she's pressing through the crowds and she's doing all of these things, but it is her faith that has made her well. So she's not the only one in the crowd who has illness. She's not the only one in the crowd who's pressing into Christ and touching Christ, but she does have faith. So remember that she just doesn't want to be healed. She wants true salvation. And true salvation can only happen through faith. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. It is gift of God, not the result of the works, so that no one should boast, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He prepared beforehand, that you should walk in them. It is by grace, through faith, that you have been saved. So if you want healing, go to the doctor. We have a multitude here. But if you, want, if you want salvation, as this woman wanted, if you want salvation, then go to Christ. Press into Christ. Do not delay. What if she had delayed just a couple more minutes? She grabbed his tassel as he walked by. And what if she had delayed just a little bit more? Do not delay, but press into Christ with all of your strength. Main idea, I hope you're seeing it. All that you have, all that you have is in Christ. We see Jairus and his daughter. Hope. Nothing. No hope in the world except in Christ. You have. True healing, which is salvation. Nothing. Not in anybody in the world, but rather it is in Christ. Now finally, we're going to be seeing that we have life. Life. Where else? In Christ. Let's finish up here with these verses. 23 through 26. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went throughout all that district. Imagine Jairus. He's thinking, I want Jesus to come and heal my daughter. Don't delay. Right? So here's Jesus taking his time, healing other people on his way. Jairus, if he's anything like any other father, is growing desperately impatient at this time, waiting for Christ to come. And when they arrive at the house, it is abundantly clear that indeed the girl had passed away. They had the hired mourners, wailers, and flute players that they would hire to bring in to give a demonstration of the sorrow that was going on within that home. And he, Christ, comes and removes the chaos out of that home. Peter, James, and John, mommy and daddy, they go in. And Christ grabs her little gentle hand and says, Talitha kum, little girl, arise. No show, no demonstration, just the kingdom of heaven. Displaying its power as it rolls back the effects of the curse and the fall. Daughter, little girl, arise. And she arises. And in that moment, Jesus is clearly demonstrating his power over death, that he has conquered death. But the lepers and the centurion servant, we see that it's this physical healing. And then we see displaying his power over the spiritual realm as well with casting out of demons. He has power over nature as he's calming the storm and the sea. But now, the greatest enemy of all? Death? is defeated. It's defeated in Christ. But there's one little problem. Perhaps you noticed it. This girl can't be overlooked here. This girl, I'm sure she went on, had a wonderful life. Uh, she's still dead. Today. She's dead. She can be healed and she can be given physical life, but without a spiritual life, the physical life means nothing. Absolutely nothing. So what it is with you, you have your physical life, but you have nothing if you don't have spiritual life. So come to Christ. And do not delay. Come to Christ. Not just for physical life. Not just for healing. But for eternal life. That can be found in Him. And only. Only. In Him. So don't you see, my friends. Don't you see that all. All that you have. Is in Christ your hope when darkness surrounds you your hope there will be just a glimmer it is in Christ and that glimmer of hope is enough when it is in Christ your hope is in Christ your healing not just physical but spiritual to be saved is in Christ and not just your physical life but your eternal life is in Christ and in Christ alone let us pray Heavenly Father we thank you that you have sent your son and that though we mock you and our hearts hated you God you have brought us to a place of repentance Rather than following the prince of the power of the air, we are now ambassadors for you, God. And we find our identity in your Son. And your righteousness is given to us through your Son, God. And I pray that you would work in our hearts, that we would cherish this over this upcoming week. That we would not do anything but see ourselves in your Son. Amen.